Good morning. Happy Monday. I have Neuro Coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right. A busy Monday coming up. Uh, a little housekeeping item. IFAST University members, we have a call at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are not a member of IFAST University, please go to ifastuniversity.com, get yourself signed up, and then you can join us for that Q&A. Again, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Link will be on the uh, Facebook group page. Okay, digging into today's Q&A, this was Steven. Steven's dealing with a, uh, a client that has some medial knee pain. And based on his description, it appears that this person has to use a very, very wide stance squat because of the lack of available space. And so we discuss how we're gonna reacquire that ER space so we can start to drop interorientation a little bit closer to midline because chances are what we have here is an exaggeration of the, the ER representation. And that allows us to apply the interorientation into the ground in that space. Unfortunately, we're probably using a knee compensation under those circumstances and then applying the internal rotation that way, and thus the medial knee pain, because you've got a knee orientation that is better represented as a, a knee that should be straight, and we're bending it in a squat circumstance. Um, little assist from Manuel uh, near the end of the call where we talk about some of the mobilizations that I presented recently on, on some other videos that will allow us to actually mobilize the lower extremity into internal rotation. So a nice little combination of, of uh, contributions there from the, from the guys, Stephen and Manuel. So thank you guys. Truly appreciate it. Everybody have an outstanding Monday. I'll see you tomorrow. Good morning, Bill. Greetings. I've got a uh, question for you on what I think is a patellar tracking issue. Um, I've got a 30-year-old male who loves to play soccer and lifts a lot. Um, he's what I believe is a wide. He's got um, about 75 ER in the hips bilaterally and only like 10-ish IR. Um, he's very strong. His shoulders are about the same presentation or orientation, very much ER'd. His feet are very much ER'd. Um, when he squats, he's, he's yeah. very far out everywhere yeah. in his body. Yeah. Um, so what I'm thinking is that he doesn't have the space in IR to move through or in well, the Okay, so so the reason that he has to go wide is because there's no space front to back. Okay, so he's moving. It's like it's like your measures say that he's moving into the the where he does have space. So it's all ER. So it's all away from the middle, right? Mm -hmm. So he tries to go forward into that space, and it's like he goes, uh, uh, I don't have that. I got to put IR into the ground. Okay, so your measures say he doesn't have IR, but he does when he goes like way out here. Now mm -hmm. he can put his feet down on the ground, mm -hmm. right? So little trick. So you have him stand up and you try to get the medial foot contacts without a compensation, okay? And what you're gonna find is you gotta keep turning the hip outward and moving the foot away from midline. And then you'll eventually capture the medial foot contacts. Mm -hmm. That's where his IR is. That's where he can apply IR to the ground, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, so you you have a knee issue though, right? Like this yeah. is a knee thing? So he's okay. got like um, point tenderness to the medial patella. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. so, so it's more like a, like a retinaculum kind of a feel to it? 
just on like the medial border of the patella, if I press there, it hurts. And yeah, it like keeps that pain right back. in that like 60 degrees of hip flexion. Yeah, you'll, but you'll have like a, yeah, like the, the, the medial patellar ligament and all that kind of stuff that stabilizes the patella there is going to be kind of hot because everything's turning outward, right? Mm -hmm. So you think about the orientation of the femur under this circumstance, okay? Take the normal femoral representation, right? Squish it down. So make the, so take the, the, the full length of the femur and squish it a little bit and it will create like a little bit more of a bend to it, which turns it out into ER. That takes vastus lateralis and it moves the, the posterior attachment of vastus lateralis further posterior medial, which pulls the, the it makes the VL pull up and outward into ER. So when he pushes into the ground, he doesn't get the normal IR pushed down into the ground. So it grabs the patella and it pulls the patella superior laterally along with the VL. Okay. okay. Everything on the medial aspect of the knee is getting pulled with it. So like I said, you, you, you've got the, the, the retinaculum of the, of the connect, the, all the connected tissues on the medial knee. We don't have to be terribly specific here. Um, are going to get pulled into a lengthened position okay. all the time. Okay. Okay. So the solution sounds really simple. <laughs> you got to get some IR under the ground, which yeah. is, but, but the first thing you got to do is you got to expand his ER space because his ER space is like way out here. So you got to, you got to get him some of the, some of the AP dimension back so he can apply force into the ground a little bit closer to his, it, to his midline. Okay. Wide ISAs under this circumstance, you'll tend to put them on their side a little bit, like getting them roll around on the ground <clears throat> to create, create some of that AP expansion. Okay. Okay. And then you got to put the kibosh on some of his lifting activities. Yeah. Right. Deadlifts, back squats, chin ups, bench press, overhead press, all off the table temporarily. Okay. Okay because it's just going to flatten them out even more. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. You see where you are as, as far as his strategy is concerned? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Um, so we're on, we're sidelined for a while, rolling, uh, trying to get more AP expansion, right? Um, once we've got that, when I get him back on his feet, um, can you give me an exercise or something? What, what does that look like um, as far as trying to? Well, so you can use you can use his squat as a tell, right? So let's just say he was doing a box squat. Where do you think he would start with his foot position? Yeah, like like super know. fun. Yeah, and so so what you would want to see is the ability to move the feet closer and closer to midline. Now he's never going to be this guy. He's never going to be like the the legs that parallel kind of a squat guy, most likely based on your description. But the idea is is that you got to bring him closer and closer to midline, so he's applying force into the ground. Um, okay. In in in, like I said, you, you got to get the IR closer to where his center of gravity would be. Okay. Right right now, it's his IR is being applied way too far away. In fact, he doesn't have enough in there to to turn the the hip inward yeah thank you
Mm -hmm. So would this be a case where, you know, you could do like that bowler's lunge that you demoed on Instagram or some of that like crossover step up action to get the uh, medial foot contacts on on the right or left side? Um, potentially, it, like it's just, it's just going to depend on how much IR that he he does have, because the, the concern that you have when somebody is so far away from midline, when you try to capture that, like there's no way that they'll be able to hang on to those contacts. So you'd probably want to work, you know, again, you know, if you think about like, here's the wide stance, you're going to work sort of like in staggers along that type of an orientation first to make sure that you're starting to increase the amount of IR that you can actually apply to the ground. And as the feet come in, so he's bringing his feet in on his squat, then you could probably start to use, use that kind of a strategy. But again, it's like, the, that's the question mark. It's like, how close can I get you um, to, to do those activities? Because the, the, there's nothing magical about <clears throat> those mobilizations other than the fact that there's just differences in like the, the impulse um, some of the positional stuff, you're, you're still mobilizing the foot by the capability of bringing the squat from, from the wider stance to the, to the more narrow stance. Or when you're using a stagger, like say you're doing like, it's like your chops and your lifts and staggered stance, you're still mobilizing the foot into the ground. You're just doing it in a much more ER representation because you just don't have the space to work in yet. Right. So, so like his step up would probably be more like a lateral step up to a box or something. There like you that. go. So, so exactly right. Exactly right. That that's, um, um, if you're doing explosive work, he's, he's doing like, uh, like, uh, he wouldn't do step ups that go straight up. He would go up to the side. Mm -hmm. You see it? Like he's not, he yeah. can't cross over yet. He can't cross over yet. Right. So he'd be doing like step two sled drags, not crossovers sled drags, things like that. You see the difference? Yeah, so like that lateral wedding march kind of sled drag. Or there the, you go, uh, yeah, yes. I have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect. Uh, so I had a question uh, following up something we talked about a few weeks ago, although I think we've, we've sort of touched upon it the last few weeks, um, which was like the shorter impulse in IR, uh -huh. especially for our narrows. And you were given the recommendation of like using a force plate to find the, as I understood it, basically how long they're pushing into the ground before they can release from the ground. Yeah, you'll see the, see the width of your, of your yeah. Uh, impulse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I have a narrow pitcher who I feel like we're at a point where I want to just start using that time constraint. And I had him hop on a force plate, do that. And we got the number. And I guess I just ran into this scenario where like when I did the math out, it just seemed like an impossibly fast impulse like if, we, if i was to put him back on a like a box squat for example or something like that to hit that number or, or you know even think about improving that number we would i feel like we'd just be using like an empty bar at that point and i'm like okay maybe we should just do jumps mm -hmm. but it's not okay hang on so here's 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 my question here's my question does he have the yielding capabilities 
feel like he does. Yeah. Um, well, well, when, when, well like, like, when, when you I see, his, when you see, like, if he's doing like a, like a vertical jump on the, on the force plate, it's like, what are you seeing prior to the force application? So, so I don't have force plates where he goes to do uh, physical therapy does. So I was like, uh -huh. you know, listen to that. And I was like, all right, hop on there, do a vertical jump for me. Ask them if they can give me this, the time here on uh -huh. this. Uh -huh. um, I can tell you that he's, he's not a good vertical jumper. Um, like okay. he's pretty glued to the ground, but his, so then I reached out and I was like, Hey, how does this, how does this number, this time that he's on the ground compare to your best vertical jumper? Um, and keep it, we'll, we'll keep it to the pictures that you have just so it's not like skewed too much. And, uh, they said it was the same as their best vertical jumper. Um, yep. Okay. So okay. This is awesome. This is good. This is good. Okay. So, so okay. then I was so like, his impulse time is, so his impulse time is, is good. What kind of a differential is he getting within that amount of time? So, so this is my question. It's like, so he's got to yield and overcome within that time constraint. Mm -hmm. So that's the question is like, take your best vertical jumper. What, what is their, what is their advantage? Well, they make, they make the changes in the connective tissue to a greater extent in a shorter period of time and create pressure, right? Those, those, those are the, me the mechanics that are required, yep. right? Okay, so, so my question then would be is, okay, does he have the yielding capabilities in that time frame, so so his his uh, his impulse is looks like it should be superstar level, but there's other components with it that have to occur within that time frame. If he doesn't have the differential, then he doesn't have like the like a trampoline, right? Yeah. Okay. So his trampoline. Okay. So here's here's like the the best vertical jumper, right? Okay. And then here's your guy. Same amount of time, okay. Different, different excursion of the connective tissue behavior, and therefore he doesn't have as much energy going into the jump. The amount of time that he's applying the the forces is is they're they're all the same as as what your great vertical jumpers would be, right? But now you don't have the other components. Got it. Okay, I was thinking about it the wrong way. I I didn't think about it as a yielding, and I thought about it as a either a, a lack of being able to turn it the yield around so like he couldn't get to overcoming fast enough or he had a bad job like we were talking about earlier of concentrically pushing stuff back up right fast. i th i think what i would do i think what i would do is i would i would probably take like a couple weeks and i would i would emphasize the yielding strategies and see if you can get the connective tissue behavior change. Even if you, ex even if you extend the duration of the, of the, the impulse under mm -hmm. the circumstance and see what, what kind of an impact that has. Because that would be a good experiment to run on this, this person because uh, again, take the time constraint away and see if you can get the yielding to improve, then tighten up the time constraint. Okay. Yeah. And so strategies to get the yielding to improve um like longer pause on the box um so box landings right what is a box landing 
you jump off a box, you land on the ground and you oh, stick. Okay. It in there. I, I just call it something. Okay. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is like, you emphasize the length, the duration, like you, you, you're going to have, I think you're going to have to extend the duration of the impulse because he's telling you that within this time constraint, this is the amount of force that I can produce. Right. And so, so you might have to extend the duration of the impulse to teach him the yielding strategies first. Got it. Right. Okay. So he's a, uh, so he's a, uh, uh, like I said, anything that that's going to emphasize the 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 yield. So prolonged hold on the box, the 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 sticking uh, sticking the landings, um, anything that creates the delay, right? Just a delay emphasis. Uh, yielding statics. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You are going with this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When we do like um, like kettlebell squat cleans, like the, the drop, you know, uh -huh. quick uh -huh. drop. That uh -huh. are we? Is that in the same vein or? So hold the hold the catch. Holding the catch. Yeah, yeah. Not trying hold to hold the catch so that the energy's dissipated, right? Yeah. That prolongs that prolongs the yield. So if you catch and immediately come back up, it's like the idea there is to try to keep the tissues stiff. Okay. What you would do then is over time. So this is how you this is how you alter the time constraint in a favorable way to get them back to the shorter ground contact time. Is you start with the with the uh, the the clean and catch and hold, and then you slowly reduce the amount of time between the catch and the recovery. Um, that makes sense. Can I ask one more follow-up to that? This is just like an experiment I was doing, but say we're doing a kettlebell clean and catch, and I put a light amount of band resistance on the kettlebell that's pulling the kettlebell back down to earth faster, and they do that. Is that, and let's say he sticks that landing, is that light amount of band tension continually pulling down going to stiffen up the connective tissues more, or if he's holding it, and there's more of a downforce going to promote even more yield. Uh, it's going to pull his guts down faster, right? Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. But that because that should get us more yield if he holds it right and it's pulling everything down faster. It should give us more yielding. Okay. I just yes, sir. To yes, sir. There you go. See, see, that's 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 the that's the thinking right there it's like it's like let the kettlebell represent what guts yes. pull the guts down harder and longer and guess what has to happen i gotta Pardon. get more yield i gotta get more yield okay yeah no that was great good morning Happy Thursday. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. And that is really good today. I wasn't really going to have a, a question because I've been going over this in my head, but I figured it would be faster if I just asked a clarifying question. So it's sort of foundational with the foot, specifically in the first array. Um, and I was wondering if um uh, i was trying to write down yeah, yeah yeah perfect i haven't even looked up yet so i was trying 
trying to write down like what the rear foot versus the midfoot versus like the distal foot is doing as sort of at, at each point relative to each other and then which direction the like the wave is going at those points in time yes very much so um so i i guess i was picturing like in so in like early early propulsion you'd have like more of an of an er'd calcaneus right and then and then the midfoot, like the like the proximal, the midfoot and proximal um, met head would be more relative yard. Well, okay, so so you know, I'm 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 making this wave for a reason. Yeah. Right. It is moving from like it's going from like when the first met head touches, right? It goes from the the wave IR wave is going from the first met head towards the heel and then up it, up the so body, it, right? So it, yeah, it hit, it hits and then it has to come back up, right? Yeah, because you're absorb you you have to absorb you have to absorb that energy, right? Okay. Yeah, technically speaking, you're absorbing the energy the whole way. It's just what direction does it go? It's like so I have to get that I have to get the you know I, I land rather laterally, and then when this hits, that's what directs the energy towards the center of the pelvis essentially is what it is okay because if i land out here and i keep it if i keep the foot out on the outside edge right it's like okay i'm definitely absorbing energy but what direction is it going to go yeah i have to do that to get it to go towards towards the middle okay okay otherwise i can't uh... otherwise i can't turn inward towards the ground right because I I need I need that energy coming towards me to promote the position and the shape change that I need to be able to push into the ground effectively without having to compensate with an orientation of sorts to push into the ground. Yeah. So say so like once so once like the tibia is getting like you're like mid of mid p. What's what's yeah what's like what's the wave doing there? And. What, so, so okay. like the calcaneus so, hang on, would Bob. be, hang okay. on, yeah, yeah, hang on, hang on. Where's the expansion? It'd be like in the medial part of the, of the subtalar joint and, and like the midfoot. Yeah, it's it's well, it's back here, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm smushing this. I'm smushing this part together. Right. Oh. Oh. So this has, you see it? You see the delay? Yeah, it's like an elbow. Yeah. Oh, like anything well, else? Um, yeah. sort of like an elbow, but it's not really an elbow. Let's not confuse people, right? Okay. <laughs> but the premise is the same because it yeah. follows the same rule, right? Right. Okay. So if if this is going that way, yeah, and I have to slow this part down. Okay. Right. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right, so uh, now that I just totally changed how I'm looking at the foot. Okay, so then like once you get to like max P, right? Because there is there is no motion. Right, it stops there and then connective tissue behavior is at its maximum, right? Yeah. Then I go pop like that, right? So we can get all these like- So, so hang pull the rubber band back and stretch it okay yeah 
Wiley Coyote style Roadrunner. Ready? Right. So stretch it and then boop, like that. Okay. So I'm holding the delay and I release it. Where's the IR wave? Camera. Now it's point to back. it. You can point to it. You see it? You see the big yes. dent? Yeah, see that? There it is. See that? Now, look, the delay was at the heel for a second, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. So there's my, there's my expansion. There's my compression that comes after it. And then there's the new delay right there. You see it? Mm. So there's, it just, all we're doing is pushing this, this volume, the expansion that way. See, this is the IR going down. Mm. Get it? Yeah. So, so like somebody that doesn't, that that can't capture so like so those rear foot mobilization like that video you posted what a day or two ago I don't know I don't know how long ago but with uh with all the exercise so like but really like somebody who who can't it would just be like in a pelvis like someone who can't capture some some representation of that then like they're they're yielding in some funny spots instead of <laughs> yeah where you want it the funny spots. Yeah, like it's somewhere. Term. It's a technical term for those of you who don't understand. It's the funny spot. Yeah, no, but it's it. It, it is. Yeah. It is. It's absolutely. It's absolutely. So think about this, Cameron. Here, here's the rules, right? Yeah. There has to be a place that absorbs the energy. There has to be a place that 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 it's released, right? Yeah. The shapes determine what direction everything goes. Yeah. Right. And so that's that's always been the goal is like I got to make sure I get the shapes right so that the the energy goes in the right direction it goes to the right places where I can distribute it mm. utilize it and then redirect it. I'm still going to do that under almost every circumstance. The unfortunate thing is I might be having to lock certain segments together so yeah. that is my loss of relative motion. So now I have a substitution for that relative motion, which means that something else has to move that may be less than ideal. So yeah. let's just say that I take five segments of the lumbar spine and I jam them together with an orientation and then they start to behave as one. Right. And instead of having relative motion between the segments, they bend. Like all, like if you look at an x-ray and you see a lordosis, okay? Sometimes that lordosis is not like, it looks like, it looks like different bones and it looks like discs and it looks like all the stuff that surrounds it. Like on an yeah. MRI or an x-ray or whatever, right? Sometimes those, those are all moving together. Good morning, happy Friday. I have NeuroCoffee in hand and it is perfect. Whew. It is already a busy Friday. Uh, we're gonna dig straight into today's Q&A. This was Steven. Steven's a, a new attendee to the, to the Coffee and Coaches Conference call um, of recent times and uh, asking some great questions. And this one um, was, was one that was quite useful, actually. So uh, Stephen's question was about the utilization of exercises like the, the traditional I's, T's, and Y's. And so these would be like the upper back or the lower trapezes exercise, depending on your, your perspective. 
Um, there's a place and a time for every exercise. Uh, these exercises tend to be overused a great deal because they can actually create a lot of problems. And so the frame of reference that we used was the Terry Project. If you followed along on the Instagram or the YouTube, then you're familiar with the Terry Project. Um, and this was a, a, a client of mine that I've known for quite a long time. Um, came in and he had some posture issues that he was working on. He had purchased a generic program that was designed to improve posture um, very specifically, and there was a heavy utilization of muscle of, of activities that compressed the dorsal rostral area. So they used a lot of scapular retraction, a lot of I's, T's, and Y's, and what it actually did was it, it actually negatively affected his posture. It actually pushed him down towards the ground. It actually gave him sort of like the old hunchbacked kind of a look. And uh, so what we did is we sort of undead that and we've got a series of progression of pictures that you'll see in the video um, that, will, that will show you the changes that occur over time. And then we discuss basically how this stuff works and why we wouldn't want to use the, I, the traditional IT and Y exercises. So Stephen, outstanding question, very helpful for a lot of people. Um, if you go to the YouTube channel, by the way, uh, there's another video on there about I's, T's, and Y's as well that, that might be helpful. I would also suggest you look at uh, videos like the Better Band Pull Apart and things like that um, that will sort of undo some of the, the detrimental effects of having done those exercises. Everybody have an outstanding Friday, and I'll see you next week. Good morning, Bill. Greetings. Um, I was watching your IYs and T's video where you talked a little bit about like your Terry project. Um, ah, yes. Your traditional uh, typhosis and stuff. Um, I'm, I think I'm on the right track of understanding um, you're trying to create expansion back there so that you can move in that direction. Yes, sir. Um, can you help me understand the physics or the treatment strategy of what is bringing your spine up um, against gravity or so? Like, how are you restoring that? Okay. Um, do you understand? Do you understand that if I compress that space, it pushes you down? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, just so, okay. Uh, take a tube of toothpaste. Okay. Yeah. Squeeze the top of it instead of the bottom. Which way does the toothpaste go? Down. Down. So if I yeah. if I keep squeezing and squeezing and squeezing, you're going to go down. Yeah. Okay. So the harder I squeeze that space, the more down I got to go. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, that's what basically what Terry was doing was he was doing activities that were squeezing that space. Right. Um, which means that um, the harder and harder and harder I squeeze, um, I got to find a way to breathe in, okay? Because those are all exhalation strategies, are they not? Mm -hmm. Right? You, you got an older brother? Yeah, two. Ever, do you ever sit on you and you can't breathe? Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like having an older brother. So you got to find a way to breathe in, <clears throat> right? So um, one of your final strategies, if not the final strategy, is to try to create a space to breathe in. And that space would be created by pulling your sternum down towards your pubis and bending your spine, which would create a little bit of a space on the posterior aspect of the thorax, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is what gets branded as the K word. Yeah. Okay? Um, and, and so if you keep squeezing that space, 
it doesn't get better. All you keep doing is pushing yourself down, pushing yourself down, pushing yourself down. So this is the, this is the drawback of, of prescribing eyes, teas, and wines to the wrong person. Doesn't mean that they're not useful. Doesn't mean that they're not helpful. You just got to prescribe them at the right time. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so if you expand that space, the rule is you will move in the direction of expansion. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we create, recreate the anterior posterior expansion in the upper thorax and Terry goes up. And I actually have proof of this because Terry had, Terry's very meticulous about his health care. And he actually had a physical in, in the midst of the Terry project. And he got taller because they, they, they were remarking on his physical at his age. I think he was 63 at the time. And they said, uh, we've never had anybody get taller between their, their physicals. What have you been doing? And Terry talks a little bit of a Southern accent. He talks really fast like this. And he says, well, you know, I've been doing these exercises and I'm, I'm trying to improve my posture, right? And, uh, and so, th but that's the basic premise. It's like, okay, the compression is gonna push you down. That's what compression does, right? Yeah. Think about it. It increases your density, you're going down. You expand it, I reduce density, that goes up. And so that's why we saw the, the, the turnaround in his, uh, in his outcomes, right? He was just doing, like, he, was, he bought a generic program that promised something that it cannot promise because you don't know who's gonna be doing the program, right? And, and uh, that's why you have to be particular about you know, structure, and an understanding of, of how these strategies are applied and then what the resultant uh, behaviors are gonna be. Does that answer your question? Yeah. I'm actually looking, I'm looking for a picture of Terry. I got some. Yeah, I, I, I remember the pictures. They're pretty, they're pretty neat. It's kind of like, uh, what's the evolution of man kind of a thing, you know, where he's kind of like Cro-Magnon-y at the very beginning of it. And then by the time we get done, he's there. We, here we go. Here we go. Let me get this one. Would you say that like, um, are you doing a lot of breath work? Maybe like sideline? Uh, we did a bunch of stuff, but um, can everybody see that? Yeah. <clears throat> so there's the caveman on the left there. And then there's, there's this fish. So this is over about, about six months, I think. Give or take. Mm -hmm. um, uh, how do you how do uh, how do you take a dent out of a fender? Do you bang on it from the outside and, no. and, and make it harder, like like make the dent deeper? So how how do I pop a dent out from the inside on a human being? Okay. Yeah. So we got to get we got to. I mean, we got to push them from the inside out. It's like the only way you're going to do that, um, short of like a gigantic suction cup on his dorsal rostral thorax and pulling it out. I thought about that at one point, um, but uh, but no, it's like yeah, you have you have to use you have to use airflow for mm -hmm. sure. Gotcha. But yeah, it's like you 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 create the positions to create, and this goes back to like Cameron's question. It's like you're trying to create the path of least resistance. So that that the air will go where you want it to go and promote the expansion from the inside out. And yeah. one of the things that that Terry loved was a uh, a, a toe touch variation, um, which inverts him and allows the the uh, 
the uh, representation of, of gravity inside the thorax to be flip-flopped, right? So if I get you upside down, the top of the lung is now the bottom, the bottom is now the top. And so when you take a breath in, gravity uh, makes the air go down, if you will. And mm -hmm. so it fills up the upper aspect of the thorax. So, so we use that a, a lot. He loved it.